Hi everyone, here PH with English on the Go, your English language podcast for both teachers and learners of the language. Here we'll discuss grammar, vocabulary, and culture. Before we start, I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. This endeavor wouldn't exist without you. If you want to be in touch, send us an email to englishotg at gmail.com. Englishotg at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media at Rafael Claudino, R-A-P-H-A-E-L space C-L-A-U-D-I-N-O. At the very end of this podcast, there will be a question for you. Send me your answer. English on the go. English on the go. When we stop to think a bit about the scenario we live in the current days, one of the most noticeable characteristics is globalization. There isn't any type of information you aren't able to access via the internet. Even money has changed into bytes, rather than be valued as a piece of paper as it used to be before. Our lives had an enormous cultural growth as we started to be in touch with foreigners in the comfort of our homes, not to mention the interchange factors of entertainment itself. Movies, songs, and literature have had their game leveled up to the heights. Wondering why this phenomenon has been occurring to us, the answer wasn't hard to grasp. Language. Humans are best known as communicators, feature with which we differ from animals. It is language that characterizes humans. Some people may counter at this point by pointing out that other species also communicate with one another. That's true. In fact, a wide range of species can exchange information with one another in many ways. They can even learn individual symbols or words as designations for different things and objects. Dogs and great apes, above all, demonstrate impressive capabilities in this respect. But what they learn is an association between a particular abstract symbol and an acoustic word form and an object. For example, the word car and a real vehicle. They therefore can learn each word through associations individually. The ability to learn words is not what constitutes human language. So what is it then? It is the faculty to combine words according to specific rules. Loosely strung together words do not produce language. They only convey a meaning when they are put together according to a defined set of rules. In contrast, great apes are not able to learn grammatical rules corresponding to those of a language. Let us take a list of words as an example. Sleep, green, colorless, furious, idea. Combined according to the rules of English grammar, we could form the sentence Colorless green ideas sleeping furiously. This sentence is grammatically correct and can be associated because it follows the rules of the language. But it does not make sense. It is not just the order in which we string words together. How we interpret them is also a decisive factor. Sentence construction is therefore just one aspect of the language. Equally important is the meaning of individual words, the semantics. We can give this sentence a meaning by making the few small changes. Some colorless green ideas are sleeping furiously in my head, for example. How each person now interprets this sentence is independent upon the individual knowledge about the meaning of words, which they have stored in their brain's mental lexicon. Despite these apparent limitations imposed upon our language by these set of rules, the range of possibilities for conjuring up language from words is inexhaustible. 
However, as impressive as such infinite scope might be, the journey that our linguistic system in the brain undertakes before reaching full maturity is a long one. As thrilled as parents are when their little ones utter their first words, be it mama or papa, it also becomes potentially clear in that moment what quantum leaps they have to take in order to later understand and interpret complex sentences. Some of these steps are taken in no time at all, while others take years. In short, good things take time. The brain and its individual areas responsible for language develop at different speeds. Some areas only gradually develop their network to other areas so that information can be exchanged with increasing speed and effectiveness. English language is and always has been a diverse entity. It has changed dramatically over the centuries since it first arrived on the shores of Britain from the north of Europe, and these changes mean that the language that was spoken at the time is almost incomprehensible to us now. As the language has spread beyond the Britain, it has continued to change, and to change in different ways in different contexts. It has diversified to such an extent that some scholars suggest that it's no longer accurate to talk of a single English, that instead there are many different English languages around the world today. At the same time, however, English exists in the world today as a means of international communication, as a way of people from different social groups to communicate with each other. And to fulfill this function, it would seem that variation in the language needs to be curtailed to a certain extent. That is to say, if the language becomes too diverse, it will not remain mutually comprehensible across different social groups. So we have two impulses at work that are seemingly incompatible. This is one of the central issues in English language studies today. And it is a very more than issue because it has come about and as a direct result of the unprecedented position that English now occupies in the world as a language with global scope which is implicated in history and present-day existence of societies all around the world. And you, how's your English?